Welcome to the Best Player Wins Podcast, where you believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts this week. I'm Sean Cowles. I'm Damon. And we are here after a week off. The holiday took it out of us eventually, apparently too much, because Boatwright is not joining us today. But I'm happy to have Damon co-hosting with me again. Good for you to be back on the pod, man. Yeah, it's good to be back here, taking over for Boatwright. So... Oh, that's it. an announcement. You're just taking over. It's just you and me for, for this week. The for this week, I guess <laughs> double. I guess we're doing two. So I guess yeah, we'll be hopping on two. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. Like, like you said, we've got two weeks worth of content to kind of jam into one episode. So we'll try to make it quick, um, and we'll start that off with a little fantasy headlines back from week eleven. We're going to go back in time a little, where the real, I think, headline was all of the injuries that came out of week eleven: Ken Walker, Joe Burrow, Mark Andrews, Aaron Jones, Devon A. Chan. Cooper Cup, just to name the big names, all went down mid-game or just prior to game, um, and it really affected a lot of the matchups in this week. So um, taking a look at all those, what, you know, we all have to deal with injuries. I think Nate brought this up in the group chat a a, a week or so ago about how to deal with injuries. What is your preferred method of of dealing with a guy, especially a big-name guy who maybe goes down mid-game and you don't know whether you're going to miss him for four games or just one? Yeah, uh, just actually just a little side note off that. <laughs> I outside of like obviously uh, everything that goes into an injury, but one of the reasons why I just hate these injuries is cuz it skews how we view trades or like the evaluation of trades in the future. Just thinking about the trade that you made um with, with it was that Nick, right? Mm-hmm. The trade the trade just become like you just don't even want to look at them because when mm-hmm. a player gets hurt after you traded them, it's kind of like okay who won who didn't actually win but that's just a little side thought there oh yeah good thought yeah um but when it comes to as a fantasy owner dealing with like these kind of injuries i mean context is everything like where you are where we are in the season where your team is at what type of what type of injury the position like how much depth you have Uh, like for me personally when hn went down i was in a position where i could just like hold out hold him out for as long as he needed uh because this where we were early in the season and my team was doing good i mean i, I was struggling in the running back but i was willing to take the hit for for his upside um but where we are so late in the season it's kind of to the point where you if one of your guys got those like one to two weeks that you kind of really like hoping to, to shop him out to just you need to get points on the board right now and you can't really hope for future production if you're in a, a must-win week as a lot of teams are yeah i think you hit the nail on the head that, that context is key because for i think up until i need to win i'll hold on to a guy whose prognosis maybe isn't i mean i i drafted cooper cup this year which you know hindsight and all but yeah right. it, it, i think that you know looking ahead if you know if Andrews is healthy, if Ken Walker's healthy, it totally changes the outlook of me going forward. And, you know, now we get to where I am today. But, yeah, I, I think I tend to agree that you have to adjust based on the fly, which is kind of what both Nate and Scott were talking about in in the chat. But ultimately, Scott also said at a certain point, you kind of just shrug your shoulders and go, oh, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. every, every guy I touch is poison. But I, I did like the point you brought up about, you know, how it skews trades because – you can't evaluate based on a hypothetical, but yeah, the Mark yeah. Andrews will have a straight essentially sunk my season. If I'm it just being right. personal, like honest for myself, yeah. because Andrews goes down and I lose all that production. So right. And uh, then like in your own head, you're thinking you're doing the whole, like, Oh, I definitely should have done this and that, but mm-hmm. it's hard with hindsight. It's just like a monster that you just have to be like, I mean, what's done is done. And yeah, maybe I you should have sh- done something different, but mm-hmm. Well, I surely miss Jalen Hurts this week <laughs> after what That's he did true. to me. <laughs> That's true. But we'll we'll get to all that. Um, other than quick notable performances from Week 11, uh, Trevor Lawrence puts up 32. Calvin Ridley, guy who you you had moved away, puts up 31. Barkley putting up 30. And Tyreek Hill putting up 30 as well. You're you're a guy that you held on to. <laughs> right. Um, for me, and I guess the question becomes, which was the most important? score for this week which said the most about the guy for this for the rest of the season as a fantasy asset because we're getting down to the wire where you know starting this guy or trading for this guy or targeting this guy especially with the the trade 
uh, uh, deadline upcoming, um, you're, you might be looking to make that move that either edges you into the playoffs or gets you that win in the first round. So which performance was the most indicative for you? And I mean, other than removing your own personal bias from Tyreek right. Hill's side, um, which do you think plays out for the rest of the season? I think the most important performance for that player has to be Calvin. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I know personally just that he's been struggling all year and, but you know that there is that slim chance that he can get it going. And to see this big performance from him, you just hope that it, it sparks something for the rest of the year. If you're Nick. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I tend to agree because how, how lambasted Ridley was for a while, because I mean, you, you talked about it multiple times when you were on the pod last that he just wasn't producing, especially at the level you drafted him at. So he finally shows that flash of brilliance. I think he showed in week two or week three where he had his first real true boom game. Um, I mean, Hill is an established property. We know what to come from him. Barkley is maybe the follow-up to that because he has been very strong, but also he's injury prone. So you have these boom weeks and then he'll twist an ankle and miss two or three weeks. So the fact that he's putting strong performances together, especially a 30 point game, you know, is probably pretty promising. Um, especially with the wasteland that is running back right. at the moment. So, right. um, yeah. So, I mean, moving on down to trade talk, um, there were actually no trades in week 11. Um, none whatsoever. I was surprised when I pulled up the, like the, the trade calendar, um, and saw that there was absolutely no movement, uh, this yeah. week, which I thought was interesting. I feel, but, uh, like a little segue that we should take the time to specifically talk about. I feel like, uh, the Joe Burrow injury, I feel, deserves its own little like segment. Just how in, how it impacts his impacts Nate's team so greatly, and how that impacts like the rest of us, honestly, going forward. Absolutely, I, mean, I know I mean, it's not part of our itinerary, but I don't care. Go off script. Into, I don't care. Head, came into <laughs> the head. I mean, like if if you want to, you know, take the rain on it for a little bit. I mean, uh, Nate's team was strong top to bottom. It's why he is where yeah. he is. Um, in the standings, and he had depth, which is the one thing that in this league I think was sorely lacking for most teams. And then he takes a hit to what we think on this podcast we've argued is maybe the most important position in that in the two quarterback system. So Burrow going down hurts not just him because he it's Joe Burrow, and he, even though he's had his ups and downs with the thigh injury and the knee injury this season, um, he's still Joe Burrow. But also Jamar Chase, who is a round one drafted fantasy stud, he he not only does it impact his ability to play him, it also affected his ability to move him prior to the deadline. And he may still do so. He may still uh, make a sh- you know make a move and get uh, a trade through before that point. But it totally changes, I think, Nate's outlook. Not so much for the season. He's locked into the playoffs. He's not worried right. about that. But in a head-to-head matchup where every point matters and you're playing against the best teams who've have the best at least composition of a team, man. I, I mean, man, it's impactful. It's, he, and we'll see yeah. next week. He did make a move to try and replace him, but Baker right. Mayfield is no Joe Burrow. But I don't know. What about you? And it, yeah, as personally as one of the the other top teams this year. I mean, you want to win, but there's like the small part of me that wants to win, not integrally, but like. You want to play against the team with like uh, their best strength. You don't want to play against mm-hmm. someone on their bye weeks and call that a great win, you know. Um, not to say that I'm going to make a championship, but like um, it's tough to see the one injury that he did not want to happen happen so late in the year mm-hmm. um, with a bunch of teams getting locked, which limits his op- limited his options to go um, trade for a new guy. Uh, so yeah, it just yeah, it just sucks all around, especially for Nate, but. It opens up the playoffs for really everybody else to have a shot, in my opinion. Yeah, I certainly think that it pulls Nate maybe out of a stratosphere and and not not to you know I think it might even move you ahead. I think I might if I look at team composition because I think when I look this week, you have something absurd like four of the top five wide receivers. I think you yeah. have one, two, four, and five um, yeah. at a which is just absurd strength and depth at that position. That I think you know for ranking playoff teams. I think I might move you ahead of him now just based on that injury alone, for sure. So that's how impactful, it, it, to your point, how impactful it can be. Right. 
All right, so let's roll on down to some quick matchups. Like I said, these matchups, unfortunately, Week 11 matchups didn't have anything exciting. Everyone who was ahead by record won in Week 11, so it didn't didn't impact a whole lot, unfortunately. So, and especially because we're cramming in two uh, two episodes here into one, we'll kind of just breeze through these real quick. But if you have any thoughts, shoot them out. Um, the first matchup we'll look at is you uh, taking on the first playoff lock team, which was Max. Your team dominant again, 173 to 111. You take a median win. Max takes a median loss. Not that it matters, unfortunately. Anything that you took from this one? Uh, no. Yeah. Can't say that <laughs> yeah. I took anything great about this one. Yeah. Uh, I think both teams performed exactly as expected, um, given where each team was at. So moving on, it was Nate taking on Eddie. Um, ten out of two, two of the two of the top teams in the league. Um, at this point, Nate was still if in first place, and Eddie, I believe, was still in third at this point. Um, but Nate takes the head-to-head win, one fifty-four to one thirty-four. Nate takes a median win. Eddie taking a median loss. At the time, this was interesting because it dropped Eddie down. He took an O two, and he kind of I think he fell from yeah. third to fourth at this point. Um, but we'll see that that doesn't necessarily have as much bearing. But was there anything else of consequence here? I'm pretty sure Eddie had a couple of guys on by last week, so uh, you can't really count his whole team in on that one. So they had not, nothing great to take away there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that you are correct. Yeah, that was because uh, he had just traded for all of the, the Saints, um, players. Saints teams. Yeah, and they were all yeah. all on by. So, yep, absolutely. So. And we'll see that next week that that kind of flips and, and turns on its head. But um, the next matchup was myself taking on Kyron. Um, so I took the head-to-head win, 143 to 133, uh, and I took the median win, Kyron taking a median loss. And unfortunately, this led to the lock of Kyron's team, which if anyone was looking at the chat today, Kyron only discovered today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, actually, I actually texted him because I got a, a trade offer from him. I'm like, Hey man, I'm, my team's locked. Kyron's like, no, but I'm not. I'm like, I just send him a screenshot. I'm like, bro, <laughs> come on, man. I hate to be the one to break the news to you, uh, but uh, a week late, no less. But um, you, you, you appreciate the hustle, Kyron. Um, yeah, but yeah, anything from from this one, like I said, it didn't impact much, unfortunately, yeah, for like, either team. <laughs> yeah, this is this was unfortunate because it looked like Kyron's team was really like might get on a little hot streak there. Mm-hmm. Uh, his team is with uh, Kyler coming back and uh, the Raiders uh, playing really well offensively. Resurgence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he said it. it, it he, he just came on too late. He could have gone on a run, but right. unfortunate. Next matchup was JC taking on Scott. This one playoff implications for sure as two teams jostling it out. JC took the head to head win, 145 to 125, and take the median win, uh, which I think at this result bumped him up to fourth place. Uh, Scott taking the median loss and pushing him out of playoff contention uh, at, at this time anyways. Um, what did you, did you take anything away from this one? Uh, just say uh, JC is just, he's, he's on his own hot streak right now. He's just mm-hmm. putting up big points with, from some, like a lot of like unexpected sources, like Steelers running backs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even with the struggles, AJ Brown putting up 1.8 points, I think, uh, and this week, and still somehow he pulled out a, a pretty impressive win. TJ Hawkinson, only 9.5. Yeah, because, yeah, you're right. I think the Steelers backs combined for nearly 30 points together. Right. So, um, I mean, you take the wins however you can get them, and his quarterback room's also been solid. Not outstanding, but yeah. solid until next yeah. week when we see Josh Allen pop off. But, um, but yeah, so... Uh, next to last matchup was Kevin taking on Jake again. This one having some playoff implications, or in this case, uh, at season-ending implications. Uh, Jake takes the head-to-head win, one fifty-four, uh, one fifty-nine to one hundred four, and the median win. Kevin, unfortunately, with the median loss here, got his team locked as well. Any thoughts? Yeah. Um, I think this is when we start to see Jake's quarterback room kind of like. Um, come into its own with Justin Fields coming back and uh, Love is playing a lot better right now. So you love to see that for him. Absolutely. And his running back room also was stellar for him that week, putting up 40 right, points. Right, yeah. um, and with guys who have struggled, guys who haven't been consistent or have been hurt. And, you know, um, 
So yeah, you, you do see that as if his production, if he can get more production out of his wide receiver room, which we'll, we'll you know we'll fail to see, but right. um, yeah, he could be that sneaky kind of contender. But lastly, was Kyron taken on Nate? Kyron taking the head-to-head win, and uh, I believe another week of where Nate had also punted based on buys, uh, one sixty to one thirty-eight. Um, Kyron takes the median win. Nate takes a median loss. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. That is my mistake. Um, it was Nick taking on Boatwright. Uh, Nick, yes, yeah, I clicked on the wrong tab, wrong agenda. Yeah. That's on me. Um, Nick uh, takes the head-to-head win here, one fifty-seven, one thirty. Uh, Boatwright takes the median loss. Nick takes the win, and this kind of really helps secure Nick's position in that top six. Um, you know, any anything for you to take away from this last one here? Uh, just that, yeah, Nick's team shaping out to be pretty formidable formidable absolutely yeah especially from what we'll see coming up on his then of the uh the next week's performance for sure even with what you would consider not the greatest quarterback room because he is kind of you know floating guys in that second qb spot so he is trying to prove the the theory wrong that you don't need that solid qb room to to get production but i mean calvin really putting up 31 will we'll certainly do it yeah that'll help Yeah. (laughs) yeah Um, so what, did you have any takeaways from week 11 before we, you know, kind of look ahead and and jump on to, to this week? I think this was the week that kind of like separated, uh, like separated, like, I guess the playoff teams, even though there's no one is in it yet from the, the non-playoff teams when the week prior, I think it was kind of like, felt like anyone could get in and anyone could get out. So this week kind of like leveled the the grain, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah, absolutely. That was my takeaway as well. All, uh, additionally, two teams getting locked is also a big deal um, with Kevin and Kyron's team getting locked this week. But yeah, this was really to show the separation of the kind of tiers, the top tier, that, that one through three, then the playoff jostling teams, and then the lock teams below them for sure were kind of really highlighted, especially based on head-to-head results this week. So I didn't even read your takeaway. I'm sorry. I should just straight stole it from you. No, <laughs> you know what? That works out even better because then we both took the same thing away. So great minds. Great minds, David. Right. Um, but all right. That was an abbreviated uh, recap of week 11. So let's jump ahead to this week. Um and start on over with the fantasy headlines for this week. The first one that I thought I would have wanted to mention was quarterbacks feasting. Um, Josh yeah, Allen, 39 24. points. Hertz, 34. Prescott, 32. CJ Stroud, 30. Um, I mean, where has this quarterback dominance been all season? <laughs> that is the question, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know. I think uh, it's one of those things like early in the season, teams don't catch their strides they're not figuring it out uh it's getting a little colder but not too cold where you can't throw the ball so it's kind of like that perfect mix perfect time yeah. to be quarterback right now i guess yeah for sure i agree it's it's weird though because if we looked at last year and maybe last year was just a skew where you had this top three guys in Allen, hurts and mahomes putting up minimum like 20 points a game and then you were expecting you know sometimes 30 out of them depending on the opponent and, and what they were doing especially Allen and Hurts with the rushing upside uh, and the rushing touchdowns, which we're still seeing this year. But for whatever reason, it took them a while to kind of get the new offensive, you know, moving in in uh, in Philly. And Allen has been turning the ball over left and right. So, you know, and Dak just looked bad in the beginning of the season. So, right. you know, uh, it is it is good to see them, you know, rolling on. On the back of that, do you, who do you think of these four performs the best in the home stretch here? Um, which of these guys, I don't want to say which of these guys would you rather have, but which of these guys do you think actually has the best consistent performance? I would say Jalen Hurts because of the system that he's in. I mean, he's also a good quarterback, but the system that he's in is really like molded for him. And then he has the rushing upside. Anytime they get on the one-yard line, that's six points for you. So, And he doesn't turn the ball over that much compared to Allen. So I would put my money on Hurts. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree. As much as it hurts to say, that was not right. a pun that I intended. Um, <laughs> but as much as I, I watched him leave, and obviously it didn't pay off. But yeah, uh, that's my guy there. So uh, go 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 win go win something for Nick. Um, right. At least until you face Damon. You'll get, uh, Damon. <laughs> you'll get like what do they when you get player gets traded mid season and that team that they were on wins the ring. 
get one yeah. of those consolation rings. Consolation rings, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll piggyback off the back of that should that happen. But right. Some, <laughs> some other notable performance from last week. Kyron Williams, 38 points, coming off of IR, just showing up. And um, also the week for running backs because McCaffrey does what he does, puts up 30. Um, and Isaiah Pacheco putting up 25. So, I mean, we expect this out of McCaffrey, right? McCaffrey right. is first round, you know, draft stud. Do you foresee anywhere near top level production from Kyron Williams or Pacheco going forward for rest of season? I really was happily surprised with Kyron. I have him in another league, so... I, I was asking myself the question that it's kind of like when a running back is not as established as say like CMC or Barkley in the, on the team, if they get hurt, what happens when they come back? Like, mm-hmm. is this going to be a three headed monster with, uh, with Henderson and Royce Freeman and and himself. But, uh, he really showed that he might really be the guy there for not just the rest of the season, but for next season as well. Yeah, and then a team that you don't expect to run the ball, right? With the Matthew yeah. Stafford and Puka and Cup, you expect them to air the ball out those those mid kind of level ten to twelve yard, you know, out out routes, and maybe Kyron punches in and gets his points off touchdowns. But man, did he have the volume um, yeah. of that elite level back? And yeah, we'll yeah. see if that continues. Um, I, Pacheco is so hard for me because the because the. The Chiefs have been so hard to predict this right. year. They've been up and down and all over the place off what is an, a weird year for Andy Reid's offense. So, um, right. yeah, I think Kyron's the guy you want to have there. But um, we'll keep moving on then. Let's do a little trade talk. Uh, there was only one deal made uh, this week for Week 12, and it was Scott and Nate making a deal. Scott receiving Jalen Waddle, Gardner Minshew, and Dalton Schultz. Ultimately, he ended up dropping Gardner Minshew, I think, before he'd been playing him. Um, and then Nate receives Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and Baker Mayfield. That what we alluded to to kind of replace, um, to kind of replace the Joe Burrow injury. So, any takeaways from the deal itself? My first thought was just like, man, Scott really just cannot catch a break with these tight ends. I mean, like he trades away Schultz, and then Schultz plays like top five tight end. He gets him back, and then he puts up what he has one catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he traded away Ninjoku and Ninjoku is looking like he's just going to be a, a target machine because uh, the Browns quarterbacks can't throw it to anyone else. <laughs> yeah. They can only use the five yard, the curl route. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, I mean, I knew, I think I would be surprised if anyone in the league didn't hear from Nate to try to, you know, get a quarterback moved. Um, we know Nate and how he is with, with making deals. Um, so, you know, glad that he got something done here. Um, I think the price is pretty okay, honestly, to to move, you know, to I, I like Amari Cooper rest of the season, so I, I, I like that, especially with Jalen Waddle. Although I love the Dolphins offense, he just seems to not be consistent enough in that offense. He's not Tyreek right. Hill putting up the points like he is. But he, yeah, I the 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 t- you already expanded on the tight ends. It's just man I would feel worse for Scott if I hadn't traded for two tight ends and watched them both have their limbs <laughs> fall off. But um, <laughs> so you know, it's yeah. it, it happens. But yeah, the the other thing that it talks because this deal, I think you know, it tried to help both teams, and I think it it did that at least enough. And we'll see if Scott moving away from the quarterback room, you know, gets him into that playoff spot. I think the more interesting thing here is the lack of trades that we've seen so far. I mean, we're coming up on the trade deadline, which is November 1st, and one deal in the last two weeks leading up to it floors me for yeah. this league, especially because I think, of how active we are. I think it's mainly because of how, because of the uh, teams becoming locked. Really just, like, takes away a lot of options, a lot of, like, mm-hmm. now these, uh, these teams that are fighting for the playoff spot, if they have a guy on by, there's not as a, much of a need to get rid of them because you can take a loss because there's not uh, that much pressure like coming from behind as mm-hmm. there was uh, two weeks ago. So I think that's probably the main reason. Yeah, I tend to agree. I also think that we're seeing, as we see the league improve, we're seeing a tightening of the league. 
everything's better. We all have a better like awareness of what guys are doing and you know where they're positioned and kind of their real life situations and stuff like that. So if something changes, an injury, a signing, a trade, we're all kind of aware of those things. So there's less room, there's less wiggle room for every deal. I think right. everyone's trying to get the most out of a deal while still making you know an equitable right. trade. So yeah. You know, I will be surprised and interested to see if in the next three days we see any kind of major movement. I don't know. Right. Do you anticipate much? No, it's just because, like, so late in the year, you kind of know who players are. Like, you have a really, like, strong grasp of who you think players are. So there's not – that idea of upside isn't as, like, glorified or you can't really use it as much in a leverage. So you kind of, like, trading guys for what they are right now for the most part and i feel like most team most owners are kind of content with what their teams are mm-hmm. so i feel yeah. like i would be shocked honestly if we see if we see a trade before deadline that isn't more than that's more than like uh four players or something like that yeah yeah i i tend to agree i think we'll see one major deal one one of the teams one of the the teams that probably in like seventh or eighth maybe a boat right you know or somebody will throw a hail mary and right. you know maybe give up more quality but try to just you know stuff their roster with as many points as they think they can find and you're right there are a lot of guys are established but maybe a Kyron Williams like guy where he comes back you don't know what to expect and a one week of production to go off of maybe he you know is a guy who can make a deal happen like that if someone's really high on him and someone wants to sell high you know yeah i know Eddie loves him that's his boy i don't well, see Eddie giving, <laughs> giving him up we have a lot of that in this league where some guys are just like, oh, no, that's yeah. my guy. That's my guy yeah. for sure. So, yeah, that definitely influences things and helps to know for sure. Right. Uh, all right, let's look at the matchup uh, reviews and see who was able to pull off wins. We'll start with my matchups, considering it led to me being locked and out of the playoffs. I will just be an unbiased observer for the rest of the season. Uh, I lose to Nick 173 to 139. Nick takes a median win. I take the median loss to go to Nick showing that juggernaut that you kind of described. Um, did you have any particular takeaways from this matchup here? I mean, it's like, what's his team going to look like when Jefferson gets back? You know, you just can only like speculate what, what his team's going to look like, you know? So Yeah. Especially so, I mean, you see guys who have struggled kind of the season long, not that I don't want to say struggled for based on where they were drafted, like a Bijan, Bijan has been struggling at times for where his draft capital was spent, but you know he shows up and finally is the guy that people thought he would be, and and stuff like you know and moves like that. Um, Devonte Smith, he says that kind of like push and pull relationship where AJ Brown, right. where each of them are having the week. So you know if that happens on the right week, he could crush you know a, a matchup he's not anticipated right. to win, even like you or, or say Nate. But if he pulls, he might go out one round one. So right. I, I I hope that we see this keep rolling on for for Nick, just because he has done a good job in constructing a team that you know on paper looks pretty pretty formidable for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Next matchup was JC taking on Eddie, uh, a close one here, especially after the Monday night game rolled in. Uh, but J- Eddie taking the head to head one one sixty seven to one sixty four. Both guys, and this was the only matchup where both took a median win. Uh, important as both guys are definitely, you know, kind of jostling in the playoff race. Um, anything? What, what was your takeaway as you look at this one here? Uh, Eddie's team. Eddie has a nice set of running backs as we're getting into the colder weeks where running backs are going to probably get more volume. So that's good for him. And then for JC, his big his big players are going to come to play. And that's going to be huge for him. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, I, like we said, we talked about the flip side of this when we talked about Nick's team. AJ Brown going to have those weeks where he struggles and then he'll have weeks where he performs. Um, Tony Pollard, you know, finally decided to realize yeah, finally, that he yeah. that top 10 running back and produce. And the Steelers running backs, like, like you had mentioned the week before, showing up. The real interesting piece for his team is going to be TJ Hawkinson because with Josh Dobbs at quarterback, if you looked at, if you were anybody before, you know, about, you know, 10 minutes left or nine minutes left, whenever he caught that touchdown in the fourth quarter, 
you would be sounding the alarm because he yeah. didn't look like the guy he had been with with Kirk Cousins. So it'll be interesting to see if TJ can continue to produce at the high level, the, the tight end one level he was producing at, um, because if he can, both of these teams are going to be pretty formidable to play in the playoffs for sure. I agree. All right. And next matchup uh, was Boatwright taking on Max. Max obviously already locked, but Boatwright takes the head-to-head 141-116. Fortunately, though, with the Monday night game, um, and Scott, I believe, being the cutoff, uh, both take a median loss here. This was a heartbreaker for Boatwright, as going 2-0 would have been really important for him to have a shot. Um, yeah. But other than that, did, what was your takeaway here? Uh, mostly like Lamar just being like, God, you just, you just, you really like him as a fantasy quarterback, but you don't like him as a fantasy quarterback. I mean, he, he just, he'll get his team in the win in real life, but he's not, he's not doing the same kind of rushing production that he used to, and that's really just hurting him. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing, right? Is that he, you like his potential. You always, oh, his rushing potential, and his, uh, you know, is his you know, kind of upside there. But then, yeah, when he has games like this, you you just kind of throw your hands up because, you know, just one more, just a couple yeah. more rushes out of Lamar and Boatwright's in, got the median win. So right. uh, it's a shame, especially, and Cooper Cup, I mean. And Cooper Cup, I mean, man, that's a hard know. one to really pinpoint right now. Exactly. Well, both of those, both Puka, I mean, he's invested in that, that wide receiver core in, in LA and combining yeah. for 11 points. Yeah, we kind of, Last time I was on, we talked about which which wide receiver room would you rather have, mm-hmm. and the Texans one has been feasting since since that conversation. At least some, I got something right this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll keep moving on to the Take next match next year. Yeah, listen. Now they're not. Now I'm not going to get them at the price I want them for. You oh, know yeah. Especially yeah. with the way Stroud's been eaten. So. Um, all right, next matchup, though, was Jake taking on Scott. Again, playoff implications all over the place. Um, Scott takes the head-to-head win 149 to 132 and the median win. Jake takes a median loss. This is going to be one of the – like these are the guys who are in that kind of jostling, that 4-7 to seven spot who are going to be going back and forth. So I think there's a lot to kind of pull from here. But when you go ahead and look at, at how this one played out, what did you think? Um. Jake really needs his wide receivers to step up like right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure that they will, but if they don't, then this is kind of where like his team's going to be at unless his running backs just carry him the rest of the way. Yeah, absolutely. He, you look at that lineup, Pickens, Drake London, Jordan Addison, um, even the guys on the bench like Elijah Moore or Jameson Williams, there's not really any elite talent there, right? So you're hoping from like a, a floor like score from yeah. them where like, oh, you get 10, 12 points and you're happy. But when you get guys putting up single digits and yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. This could be, that'll be what makes or breaks this team and ultimately either gets them into the playoffs or in, in just heartbreaking Jake fashion misses again. Um, but you're right. If he succeeds, it'll be on the backs of his his wide or his running backs, and probably also his quarterback room is those yeah. two young Russian quarterbacks. But um, for Scott, uh, maybe you know the reverse problem. He has such strong wide receivers: C.D. Lamb, Jalen Waddle, Zay Flowers. Even with that big performance, I think it's everywhere else that fails him. Um, yeah. So you know, I don't know. Do you do you see that? Scott's lineup is strong enough to bust into that top six position right now. I think, well, I mean, it's between him and Boatwright, and I would take Scott mm-hmm. uh, over Boatwright if we're saying which team is most likely to break through the playoff team. So I think yeah. he can do it. I, yeah, I tend to agree. And it, it's funny because I know that he was pretty sure that he was going to miss the playoffs this season a couple right. of weeks ago, but he made moves and, you know, his, his team, his performance of, performed when needed so it'll it'll be a nice last two games of the season for sure to kind of watch and see who can who can pull out ahead um next matchup was yours you took on kevin kevin is already locked but you take out a head-to-head win 155 to 113 and a median uh kevin takes the median loss i don't know that there's much i took away from this as both teams i think performed about where we expected but did you have anything you know to take away 
you know, especially your team? No, no, I think just outside of my wide receivers, just doing what they've been doing all year. There's nothing more to say. Sure, I, I tend to agree. Yeah, you, you're. I, I don't know if I was looking for a trade or what I was looking at, or I was doing some podcast prep when I started looking through the receiver count. I'm like, that's sickening. Absolutely <laughs> sickening. <dude." laughs> yeah, one, two, four, yeah. and five. I'm like, you can, you can get fucked. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but well, well done to you. Yeah. Uh, and the last matchup was Nate taken on Kyron, the one I already previously screwed up on, but Kyron. Uh, unfortunately, after the week, after getting locked, puts up a 160, uh, and Nate a 138. Kyron takes the median win, Nate taking the median loss. Um, and this win ultimately bumped you ahead of him in the standings uh, for that first place uh, spot. Anything that you saw here worth So, out? and then this is our first look at the Bengals' offense without Joe Burrow and how mm-hmm. that's going to affect Nate. Um he still has a very high floor. All his players have super high floors, but with this burrow injury, we see how his ceiling takes a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see him being like right close to that median, not right there. I don't think that this is going to be his usual week. I think this team's still super, super good enough to take that median every week, but, um, this is that's our first look post injury. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and it was good that he ultimately went and picked up Baker, so that he has like a floor quarterback room with Herbert and Baker. Um, and we'll see. I you know, we know Nate; he's not going to stop trying to make moves up until the deadline. Right. But yeah, I agree that you know Mixon, everyone on that offense takes a hit with Browning at the helm. Now again, I it's a little skewed because you go against the Steelers' defense, who you know arguably are one of the best defenses in the league. It's like going up against the Cowboys or San Fran uh, or, or the Browns. So maybe if, and I'm not sure who they play next week off the top of my head, but maybe if they have a better matchup that's better suited to him, um, we may get to see a little bit better production out of that offense and get a better idea. So I don't want to, I don't want to judge it too harshly, but I agree with you. It definitely at least put up a warning sign or two for me. Jacksonville. Okay. Um, well, Jacksonville, I mean, they don't they, have a great defense. Yeah, so. they don't have a great, I mean, yeah. they have a good fantasy defense, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as in terms of, yeah, being a lockdown defense for sure. So maybe we get a better idea of, of what he's going to get out of his guys there. Cause Jamar honestly shouldn't have had the points he had to begin with off two yes. batted passes, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think one bad week or one, you know, just barely missing the cut week doesn't, doesn't sink Nate in any way, but yeah, there are definitely concerns within there. Uh, but all right, so let's look ahead. Well, actually, let's look at the standings then to see. Did while well, we're pulling that up, did you have any major takeaways from the week that was? No, no, other than what we already said. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really didn't actually take too much away. I think I'm more just focused on uh, the playoff race and who's gonna who's gonna take it there, but. If we look at the standings uh, coming out of last week, uh, you uh, sit in first place, nineteen and five. Just behind you is Nate, eighteen and six. Then Eddie in, fifth, or in third place with fifteen and nine. JC and Nick are both at fourteen and ten. Uh, and then, like you said, in the playoff race, the playoff hunt there, Jake is thirteen and eleven, two games ahead of Scott, who is eleven and thirteen. Boatwright and just a hair further out uh, at ten and fourteen. It's going to be tough. Only four wins left uh, for the rest of the season for, I think, Boatwright to make it in. If he does, it'll be impressive and on the backs of Jake taking a couple crucial losses. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll ultimately see. We'll ultimately see there. Do, do you have a predicted top six? If you were to just go off of everything we've got right now, who who is your predictive uh, um, play, playoff teams? I think Jake falls out because his team has some buys this week. Uh, mm. And Scott, I'm pretty sure Scott does not. Um, I was looking at Jake's team earlier, and he's missing a couple of key players. It's going to hurt him this week. And then it'll, if Scott's team does what it should this week, it's going to come down to the last week, and I, I would take Scott's team over Jake's. So the only difference, I would have Scott over Jake. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah, it, it is tough, though, because he is Scott is also taking on you this week. 
Um, yeah. And so the head to head is, is definitely that does change know, things. I did, yeah. did, did not factor that in. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, at this point, you know, I, Jake takes on JC, like we'll talk about, but yeah, there, there are a couple of matchups. There are three that I think have real playoff implications. Um, but why don't we go ahead and take a look at those? We'll start with the ones that's totally inconsequential. Me versus Max, we're both locked. It doesn't really matter. Unless there's something you want to say, go for it. <laughs> I think Max lost JT for the rest of the year. I mean, that's going to hurt his team yeah. you know, going forward. So, <laughs> I mean, he did raise a good point that it had become a split backfield in some crazy yeah, universe between Moss him and Zach Moss. Yeah. Right. So maybe it's good for him, but... I don't really think it, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter much in the grand scheme other than median. So we'll keep it rolling. Um, usually a matchup we like to talk about because it carries with it, you know, the whatever rivalry we have in fantasy between the brothers, but Nate right. taking on Nick. Um, both of these guys are pretty well established in the playoffs, especially with Nick and his ascendancy sitting at fourth right now. But hey, if he takes O2 here, you know, we start talking about him being in that mix. So looking at the matchup ahead, yeah, who do you think you got? Why? Yeah, this is interesting just because um, mostly just for Nick. I mean, Nate most likely has that second or one of the, the uh, buys locked up. So if and if Nick goes 0-2 here, we're talking about really realistic scenario where he doesn't make the playoffs at all, where that would just be insane considering Ooh. what kind of team he has. Uh, so. Sorry, hold on. Wait a second. Trade alert. Uh-oh. <laughs> because I, I pulled up this matchup and I'm like, wait a second. Why does it say Justin Fields? So I will make this announcement on the wow, podcast, although the we podcast. will see it. Yeah, live on the podcast. I think this has happened once before, but let's get some live reactions. So the deal between Jake and Nate. Nate gets Justin Fields and Ricardo Dowds, and Jake gets Baker Mayfield, Sam Laporta, and Amari Cooper. Wow. What is the gut reaction there, Damon? Just like mark mark my words by saying not not a big trade that's going to happen, and just <laughs> right in the pod. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that one. I mean, Fields looks like he, he struggled last night um, coming back. So even after he he had a good first week back, but this yeah. is a second week off injury, and he kind of struggled last night against Minnesota, which you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is not like a stalwart defense, but right. Uh, I mean, so. I, I was just saying how Jake's had team has some holes this week and he went and filled them all. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, he I gets think... Baker Mayfield, who's a good floor quarterback, and Laporta, who's been the top five all year, um, mm-hmm. and then Amari, who you're just hoping can get you what you need. Um, mm-hmm. And then I like obviously you would you'd rather have Fields over Baker Mayfield with his rushing mm-hmm. upside, and I think this is a good trade for both of them. I agree. The only because it's even better for Jake because he passes off Fields as buy. Fields, yeah. like you said, was going to have that buy, and he was going to have to fill with a waiver wire quarterback. But now he gets Baker Mayfield, which is a, a much better option at least this year. So, yeah, I think both guys did uh, what they needed to yeah. um, with this trade for sure. Uh, and yeah, it it really and probably improves how I think about Jake's team at least heading into this week. So, right. Uh, but we'll take a look. But yeah, it, yeah. It, if and we look Nate's here, team gets better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think now you have to go with Nick, um, considering that Fields will be on by as well as Saquon for for Nate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. uh, I think this one gets a little more cut and dry for sure. Yeah, Anything I think else that, uh, that helps out Nick for this week? If he's, mm-hmm. I mean, Nate's team could still beat him. If oh yeah, team has a bad one, but uh, if Nick gets just one win, just a head-to-head win, then he'll he'll be locked in the playoffs. So yep. So yeah, I, I yeah. have to go with Nick here. I, I, I think I have to do so as well. Uh, next match up then is going to be Kevin, a locked team taken on Boatwright. Like we said, Boatwright kind of on the fringe of the playoff contention, really needs to pull out both wins. Also sitting with three buys in Gabe Davis, the Ravens defense, but the big one, Lamar Jackson. Um, who, if you look at the lineups here as they are now, you know, knowing he's going to have to play a waiver wire quarterback, what do you think? What do you give Boatwright a shot? I'm curious if Boatwright will make a move shipping out Lamar. If I, I would say that he doesn't, but um, with with the quarterbacks that are on waiver, uh, I would have to give this one to Kevin. 
Yeah, I think so as well. I think uh, this team's probably lined up because Kevin was that I think was referred to as the fake boomer bust team. Like he was putting up these huge weeks, two hundred yeah. over two hundred points, but then he struggled and put up barely a hundred. Yeah. This might be one of those weeks where, like, depending on matchup, that he goes, his team's kind of goes off a little bit. But I think he's like he's the third high scorer still, or the it's, fourth. He's the yeah. fourth high scorer now. Yeah. And, so yeah. He's yeah, he gets back of all of his guys off by as well this week. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that this will, you know, being locked, it'll be like one of those weeks where you, you wish you had two weeks ago. Right. Uh, but let's let's take a look now at the ones that I think have some real playoff implications. I'm sorry, you were saying? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, first one is going to be Kyron taking on Eddie. Now, we've said Eddie's pretty well established in the playoff race, but Kyron, you know, sits is also a locked team. I think this is more about seeding for Eddie. Um, this, if if Eddie has a good performance this week, he can kind of cement himself up there with you and Nate. If he doesn't, m- much like Nick, he could slide into that kind of danger zone. Um, so if you take a look, who do you give the edge to, and um, yeah, and why? Uh, with the Raiders on by, I think this one's pretty clearly Eddie, but it's yep. big that. Uh, Nate trade, Nate Jake trade big for Eddie too because if, if uh, Nate ends up taking the slide, uh, then we're talking about a shakeup with the buys, the first round buys for next. Absolutely, week. yeah, he could threaten for sure because um, he's he's not that far off. He's, he's you know, it had to require. Half, right? Yeah, uh, uh, so no, he's a yeah. little further off. He's three games off um, of of Nate. So yeah, an O two yeah. week from. Yeah. Nate definitely makes it at least interesting in week 14 um, right. for sure. But um, the next matchup is going to be you taking on Scott. We've obviously talked about Scott and his positioning right now, sitting um, in seventh, needing to pick up some wins. It's tough because he's going up against you, who we've established as a very strong team this year. Looking ahead at everything, there are some buys in play, I think, for both you guys. Uh, who do you got? Do you take yourself this week or yeah. are you going to? Look yeah, at he it. has uh, Madison and Flowers on by, which hurts. Mm. Um, and my team's at full strength, so yeah, I would take my team. And if you're Scott, you're really, you're really just hoping for a low scoring week around the board. Yeah, like, or a pop off game from you know Waddle to have yeah. one of those games he had last year. Um, right. You know, sort of that. The, yeah, I think I tend to agree. It's I mean, he's starting Jake Browning, and I don't know if he'll drop him. Um, to, you know, to to grab another quarterback off the waiver who maybe he prefers, but regardless of who he starts, nobody is out there enough to influence me over Tua and Brock Purdy, who are just, you know, one of the strongest quarterback rooms within the league right now. Um, so, uh, I mean, if you have a question mark, it's a chain, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, but as of right now, because unfortunately both of uh, Chicago's on by, so that eliminates most of your choices there, but I don't think one running back makes the, makes the matchup anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate timing for Scott, but maybe he beats me. I hope he beats me. Yeah. I I mean, I just hope for drama at this point, since I'm entirely out of it. I just want drama. I I just (laughs) give me all the upsets uh, and all the big trades. Um, But last game in this one, definitely with playoff implications, JC taking on Jake. Um, like we said, both of these guys, JC's on a bit of a tear right now. His team, you know, is, is putting it together. Um, Jake, on the other hand, has kind of waffled back and forth a little bit. Both of these guys, though, um, have some pretty decent buys to overcome in Week 13. Josh Allen and TJ Hawkinson out for uh, for JC. Uh, Jordan Addison, Roshan Johnson, and Dalton Kincaid all on buy for, for Jake. So with that in mind... Who you got, and yeah, do I you foresee taken, either of them making a move? I would have taken JC, but now with that trade, I have, think I have to go with the momentum that Jake's putting out here and go with Jake. Mm-hmm. And JC doesn't have Allen or Hawkinson, and that's pretty huge. So, yeah, I'm going yeah. Jake. I, I, God, I want Jake to make the playoffs. Nothing against Scott or Boatwright. God damn it. I just want Jake to make the playoffs one year and go on some hero run. But, yeah, I, I, so I think just for sheer for sheer you know storytelling i'm gonna go with jake as well but it's hard to bet against jc even with those guys out so we'll see but again the steelers Steelers could turn around and put up another 200 yard game and then you know the Najee warren deal kind of with his team uh, with jc's team goes the steelers sort of deal so we'll see but i think that is 
it in terms of what we've got. That's fully looking ahead to next week. So, uh, what is your what is your thoughts for the rest of the season before we kind of wrap this episode up here? Um, I really enjoyed this season. I guess I could just overall really enjoyed this season. I think it's been a fun one. I mean, not mostly, but definitely my success has a part to play in that. But I feel like. Uh, there was a lot of exciting things that happened in the league, like exciting trades and a new addition with Max. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've enjoyed this season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one point of clarification as I did jump into the fantasy chat, uh, Laporta is a rental. So he will be coming across uh... this week just to cover by. Um, and I was like, I was a little bit confused as to the Dowds part of that deal, to be honest. Um, I'm glad that I read ahead because he will be the swap back for that. So really the deal is... Justin Fields yeah. for Amari Cooper and Baker Mayfield, and then the swap is just to cover, um, which may have been what tipped it over for yeah for Jake to I mean, do that, that deal. But again, I still agree; it's still a great trade. Yeah, I don't think that changes how I see anything. Yeah, no, because it it gets it covers what he needs to cover, right? It covers yeah. what 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 Jake really but, needs to cover. But even moving forward, I mean, Kincaid is going to be uh, still good. He's had an amazing floor. Um, as yeah. a, he's the guy who everyone thought he was going to be coming into the coming into the season, and he struggled early on just because of the struggles of that entire offense. But yeah, he's finally figured it out. And I think he's like four or five straight games of like at least double digit points. So right, um, yeah, I, I I don't think he's hampered by the fact that that he doesn't have Laporta in this, but other than for just week thirteen, but it serves the purpose. So, but yeah, um, I think like you said, it must be nice. You know, looking down from top of the mountain to say that, but <laughs> no, I, it's been an enjoyable season. It's been the most competitive season I think of this league so far, and that's good. I like that. Um, you know, so I just want to. I want to see some of those other play. Like I said, I, I'm rooting for Jake. Um, your team's a goddamn juggernaut with all those <laughs> wide receivers, with all that wide receiver talent. Hey, don't Nate jinx is, me now. Don't jinx Nate me is now. Nate. Hey, yeah. I've been. Hey, I've been talking you up every episode. I'm not. If I was going to jinx you, I'd have done it a while right. ago. Right. Um, but I also talked of Kevin's team, so maybe I should shut up. So I don't know <laughs> anything. <laughs> um, but you know, it it'll be it'll be a good last couple of weeks, and it'll be a good playoffs for sure. Um, but just so everybody knows, we're going to try to get once we get to the close to the finals, we'll try to get folks on for just you know you don't have to be on for the whole episode, but we'd like to get you on if you make it to the finals. So maybe Damon, you'll have you back as as a as Hopefully. a finals guest. We'll see. Um, what the playoffs bring, but we're just we're looking forward to it. I know Nate's on next week for the uh, the deadline review. We'll see if there's much to review, but at least he'll be able to talk about his own trade uh, at the very least. But yeah, unless you got anything else, I think that'll be it. No, that, I think that does it. All right, everybody. Well, thanks very much for joining us, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.